Hello. 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 Kapow <laughs> Radio Show. Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. Yep. All day. Well, actually for about an hour. <laughs> yeah. So what's today's date? Today's date is June 11th, 2018. Okay. Excellent. Yep. So we're going to continue on in the first book of John. First John. Chapter 2, 1 through 11. Chapter 2, 1 through 11. And this is kind of cool. Check this out. Uh, when I was reading this, the thought came to me about these commercials, these insurance car commercials. Yep. About um, car insurance. Yep. And a lot of them are offering what they call accident forgiveness. And um, so, you know, you get you get in a little accident and it's reasonable and you've been a good driver for the last three years. You know, they let that one slide. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a new product or a new feature. A lot of them are um, offering accident forgiveness. And it reminded me a lot of what I was reading there in First John 2, 1 through 11, because it was sin forgiveness, sin forgiveness. Mm. It was kind of like the same thing. But instead of car insurance or insurance, we have assurance, assurance. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And then the other thing that came to me is how you have to have proof of insurance. Now, you have accident forgiveness as long as you're covered with your proof of insurance, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't have vehicle insurance and you're driving around uninsured, your accidents won't be forgiven. In fact, you'll get in a lot of trouble. But if you have insurance and you're covered in that policy, then you might have accident forgiveness. Correct? Correct. So it's the same thing is we don't have an insurance policy. We have assurance. And our insurance is through Jesus Christ and his atoning work. So as long as we have assurance under his work, and we've been over this over and over again, and we'll, we'll discuss this again today, by abiding in his word, by abiding in Christ and his logo and walking in the spirit, not after the flesh, mm -hmm. then we have proof of assurance and we have sin forgiveness. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. And like Paul wrote, it's not a license to then go, hey, we can do whatever we want and go sin. It's not a, God forbid, Paul says. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you stumble, if you mess up a little bit, you miss that mark, you have sin forgiveness because you're under the policy of assurance. That's right. You get it? How, how cool that is? That is. A accident forgiveness and proof of insurance, mm -hmm. sin forgiveness and proof of assurance. I like that. Yeah. I thought that was really kind of cool because that's exactly what came to me when I was reading this. I was like, wow, this is like sin forgiveness. And um, you can see how some folks, some who are in error, would take something like this and then take it to the extreme and it get what you would call uh, cheap grace. Mm -hmm. It would be sloppy, agape, cheap grace, and it would give them a license to sin going, well, we got, you know, or we're forgiven from since past, since present, since future, and we can do whatever we want. We're cool. That's when people use the term struggling Christian. Mm 
Mm. You go, how's he doing? Oh, he's, he's, he's a struggling Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all struggling. We all, we're all under uh, tribulation here. But struggling with what? He's struggling with his porn addiction, his alcohol addiction, his women chasing, you know, his lying, cheating, all that stuff. Well, that's not struggling with it. That's not what it is. That's called not yielding unto God. It's not walking in the spirit. Once you tap out and yield to God 100%, then that stuff begins to fall away from you because the Holy Spirit removes you from those things, Mm -hmm. the flesh. That's right. Correct, Mm -hmm. Mr. Brown? Yeah, so... This is not a, a license to sin. This is a uh, sin forgiveness as long as you have proof of assurance. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give you those proofs. We're going to give you at least three proofs that you have assurance. So it's a very positive message. If you are the remnant, if you are the true called out ones, the ecclesia, and I, which I believe you are because you're listening to this. But if, if you're not, then repent if you're religious uh, repent and get rid of that religion and, and come to the true saving knowledge of God and get under that assurance, that umbrella. Because at the end of the day, eternal life is all that matters. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, without beating a dead horse, I thought that was kind of a cool thing to look at that Very way. Very cool. Uh-huh. So let's start, Ms. Kapow, with um, 1 John chapter 2, 1-11. through 11. Uh-huh. And I'll have Miss Capal just read the whole thing. Okay. And then, as usual, we'll go back and we'll tear it all down. Okay. Or unpack it, as the cool people say. My little children, these things... Oh, I want to make sure I was in the right one. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the appropriation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we know, do we know, that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keeps his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him." He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loves his brother abides in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not where he is goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Amen. The other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, some people who err would take this as cheap grace that um, you just take this scripture here, you know, um, you know, that uh, if you sin, you have an advocate with Jesus Christ, the righteous. So go on and be a homosexual. It's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. The other thing is later on, we talk about love and they get what they call sloppy agape. They get cheap grace and sloppy agape. And uh, they just, they believe in a love that that applies to everybody. Love of the world, love of your prostitute, um, girlfriend, 
Mm. You know, your hooker. Uh, you just love everybody. And you can't, you know, you got to tolerate everybody. They, they, um, they, they confuse love, true agape, with tolerance. Mm-hmm. So you just got to tolerate everybody. You got to be loving. And uh, so it's more of a new age thing that's been hijacked. But that's not um, the agape. That's not the love of God. And your brethren are not everybody. Your brethren are not um, the, uh, the, the people down at the satanic church. Mm-mm. Those aren't your brethren. The people that are uh, religious and just following a religious form of Christianity, those aren't your brethren. Those aren't your brothers and sisters. Your brothers and sisters are those who do the will of God. Exactly. Walk in the light. And we'll show you that because I didn't make that up. As much as that might irritate you, that came from Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Okay. All right, Miss Capel, say something so I can make sure this mic is working. One, two, three, four. One, oh, okay. two, three. It's great. I got a signal. Okay. It just wasn't popping up. Okay, let's talk about three evidence of assurance. You know, when you get stopped by the popo, you get uh-huh. stopped by the cops. You know, the first thing they want to see is evidence of insurance. You know, when Miss Capel and I moved from California, Cucufornia, to here to Nevada, the, one of the biggest things that you needed to do right away, one of the first things you needed to do to establish residency here is get Nevada insurance. Mm-hmm. Even though you had California insurance by the same company, Farmers or State Farm or whatever you use, it didn't fly here in Nevada. You had to have Nevada approved insurance. And so you had to get that first. And once you got that proof of insurance, and they have a big computer system here where... They know, they know if you have it or you don't, if you've renewed or not. It's all linked in with the Nevada Department of Transportation yep, or their DMV or whatever you call it here. And so you had to have that first before you can take your car to the uh, DMV mm-hmm. and have it registered here in Nevada. You had to have proof of insurance here in Nevada. That's right. Not in California, any other state. So it's, it's a huge thing here. And of course, you can't buy a car without having proof of insurance. You can't register it. And the thing is, is if you let it lapse, oh, they'll know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get in big trouble. So it's a huge, it's a huge thing. So biblically, it should be a huge thing. We should have proof of assurance. That's right. Proof of assurance. So when you get stopped by the uh, Christian police and they go, "Where's your proof of assurance?" You can, oh, yeah. you can show in my it hot pocket right there. Yeah. You can show it biblically. So let's talk about three evidences of assurance. We'll go through this scripture and we'll um, get it all laid out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number one, proof of assurance. According here to John verse three through five is keeping the commandments, mm-hmm. keeping the commandments. Now, folks, let me clarify once again. And I've, I've done this over and over again. When I say keeping God's commandments, I am not referring to the ritual ceremonial law of Moses. That has been fulfilled in Christ. We do not need to pay a tenth tithe to God or to the priesthood and certainly not to your church. Now, if you attend a church and you want to keep the lights on and you want to support your pastor's salary, that's something different. But don't be hoodwinked that you need to put yourself under the law of a tenth tithe. 
that's not biblical. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that, you might as well bring your own goats in and start slaughtering uh, your own goats for the propitiation of sins. You can't, Paul says you can't do one law without keeping the whole law. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with legalism and getting into your Hebrew roots and trying to redo the ceremonial law. Okay. God doesn't care whether a male is circumcised or not. He used to, but Christ fulfilled that because everything pointed to Christ. That was the circumcision of the flesh. What he cares now is that you have a circumcised heart. That's right. Okay. I hope you get my point. So when I say keep his commandments, I'm not talking about the ceremonial law. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about his commandments, his moral law. That's right. His moral law. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And number one in that moral law is... To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's right. And because you love God with everything you have, will you have idols? No. Will you have idols beside him? No. Of course not. You will walk in his commands and his statutes, and you will live under his uh, husbandry, mm-hmm. and you will live, and you will gain eternal life. Okay? So I that's I hope I clarified that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? So number one... Verse 3 through 5, Ms. Kapow, um, if you'll read that once again. 1 through 5, you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sorry, 3 through 5. 3 through 5, okay. Mm-hmm. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, Hereby know we that we are in him. It's pretty clear. Those three verses say, how do we know God? We know God and we know that we have assurance that we have fellowship with God. Number one, by keeping his commandments. Mm-hmm. And even in John fourteen fifteen says, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And in John fifteen ten it says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And that goes with, but whosoever keep his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. It's God's love that's perfected in you by keeping those commands. Let me ask another question, uh, the listeners here. When Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Where did Jesus list all his commands at? You know, did he, did he just do a new Jesus 10 commandment thing? Mm-mm. No, it's the same. It's the same commands. God's moral law. It's the same Ten Commandments. It's the same moral law that's throughout all of Scripture. Yeah, it never changes. Yeah, it's not new. There's nothing new. It's old. Mm-hmm. What he did is gave it a new perspective and a renewal through the sacrifice of his blood. Those things were then fulfilled. So it's you know when you read the word and, and the word says, "Walk not after the flesh." Don't be partakers of the word, the world, I mean. Um, those are commands. Mm-hmm. Those aren't just like good ideas. That's what he's telling you to do. That's right. When he says, take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. Those those things. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, any other scriptures to add to keeping your commands? No. Okay. So I think that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Number two, if you'll read verse six. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So number two is walking in Christ. 
Here's three proofs that you have assurance. When you get stopped by the uh, Christian police and they want to see your evidence of assurance, number one, you're keeping the commandments of God, of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, you're walking as Christ did. That's your other proof of assurance. And a lot of that in the scriptures, walking in Christ is anti-flesh things. Like in Galatians 5, mm-hmm. 16 through 26, a lot of it is that list there in Galatians 16 or 5, 16 through 26. I talked about this uh, last week, that list. It's, it's anti-flesh stuff. That's walking as Christ did. That's right. Right? So you mm-hmm. have scriptures for that, Ms. Uh, for Verse 6, uh, I have John fifteen four, that says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done unto you. And then where it says, um, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. We go to Matthew eleven twenty nine that says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lonely in heart and you will find rest for your souls. That's walking as Christ did. And it's all through the scripture. It's not just a few, you know, verses or references, you know, that we can find. It's, it's the whole it's the sum of everything, right? It's the gestalt theory, you know? The parts make up the uh, sum of the whole, mm-hmm. right? Walking in Christ, just as Christ did. Or you can say walking in the Spirit, or like earlier, last week we talked about walking in the light. Mm-hmm. Walking in the light. So all these build on each other. Uh, and if you haven't heard the very first one and two podcast in this session... You really need to because it's it's all built on each other. That's why John opens up saying, I write these things unto you so that you sin not. Right. Right? And then he says, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. But what things was he writing to you that you sin not? It's all the stuff we talked about last week and the week before. It's about walking in the light, not in darkness, mm-hmm. things like that. So it's important that you just don't jump in right here and take that out of context. And go, oh, I write to you, you said not, and that's cool. But if we do, you know, we're cool, we're good to go. That's the one saved, always saved heresy. Mm-hmm. It's an error. And um, that's taking the low point, all right? It's taking the low point. And it reminds me, you know, when I was uh, at university, you know, I was, I was a horrible uh, high school student. I hated high school. I barely made it. But I loved college. And I loved university. I just, I, I loved the higher learning. And I did real well there because I loved it so much. But one of the things I would do when, when a class started, and I think Ms. Capel, you did something very similar in your thinking, but when a class started, you know, you'd get the syllabus and I'd look and I'd say, okay, what does it take, you know, to get an A here? What does it take to get a really good grade? And that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you need to set your time out and get your schedule and organize things. Okay. I'm going to have to write a 25 page term paper. I'm going to have to do a research thing and you do a group project and I need to get at least, you know, a B plus on uh, these three tests and then the final one, you know. Right. And then you figure, hey, I'm going to get an A. And so you do what you had to do 
And um, so I always had, and I'm not kidding. I always had the attitude when I started a class, I always had the attitude. I'm, I'm, I start with an A. I have to earn anything less. I have to earn a B or C or a failure Mm -hmm. by not doing what I'm told to do. And it's a great attitude to have um, because it, 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 it's just the way I thought of it. I always started, Hey, I got an A and I got to keep it. That's all I have to do is keep it. I already have it. I got to keep it. Mm -hmm. But it, it never, it just always blew my mind when you have these other students that they would raise their hand and they would ask a question like, what's the minimal I need to do to pass? Right. Right? Ms. Capel, you've had those students. Yep. And, uh, you know, and right there, well, you know, on the syllabus it says, uh, you know, you get a C on all your tests. Um, you know, you don't do the group project and uh, you don't, you know, your 25 page paper sucks and, you know, you might, you know, you might pass. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you got to be here 40% of the time. That's the goal they would set for themselves. What do I need to do to just the very bare minimum I need to do so I can pass? Yeah, exactly. You know, and it was like that too. You know, as a policeman, you'd go to school. And uh, you you could miss, um, you know, 10% of a 40-hour class. You could miss four hours out of a week class. And I guarantee you, there's people who say, I want to, you know, I want to miss the, the four hours <laughs> and sleep in or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so they, they, they take the low road, you know, they're like water going to the low road. Well, it's the same thing with your Christianity. You know, you want to take the high road. So you don't want to say, hey, you know, I'm saved once. I'm good to go. My sins are covered from the the, the uh, past, you know, present, future, which they are. But you have to have assurance. You have to have assurance in order to have sin forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then they continue on to sin and do whatever they want and rebel and uh, live as the Antichrist and sit in their own temple as God, say they are God. And they continue to do that. Because they take the low road. What, what's the minimum I need to do to get into heaven? Right? That's right. We've, Linda, I mean, Linda and I, we've actually heard people um, teach on podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they would say, I don't care if I just get in and I'm sweeping the floors, the golden streets of heaven. I don't care if I'm the farthest tent, you know, in that kingdom, as long as I get in. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I'm sorry. It don't work that way. Mm-mm. You know, there's no second class citizens in God's kingdom. You're the four against them. It's very black and white, mm-hmm. you know? So do you have anything else by uh, the walking in Christ? Pal? The walking in Christ. Let's yeah. see here. So we talked about the anti-flesh stuff. This and, thing uh, keeps moving. What scripture was that? Seven? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That was six. I'm six. still on six. I'm on point number two still. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, let's move on to point number three. This is the third evidence of assurance. This On this particular uh, teaching today, we're going to stop at three. Because all the other ones just kind of reiterate these basic three. Mm-hmm. Keeping your commandment, keeping God's commandment, walking as Christ did, walk with Christ, right? And then the third evidence of assurance that you have is loving the brethren. Now, this is where it can get sideways with the new age people because mm-hmm. they think you should just tolerate everybody. Yeah, They think that's love. But I'm telling you something. When you tolerate a person in sin, you, you tolerate a, a, a Christian who's given their life to Christ and they're sinning and you tolerate that and you don't come out and say anything, mm-hmm. that's not love. <laughs> no, actually that's stealing. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you have the ability to say something and, and, and snatch them out of the fire with their garments even still flaming and you have the ability to teach them and go, that's not biblical and you don't do that and you tolerate their sin because it's your son or your daughter living with their girlfriend, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to offend them. Those are your kids. I don't want to offend my kids or your mom, dad, whatever. Mm-hmm. You do not display godly love because love for the brethren, love for your true brethren, you you want them to escape eternal damnation. You want them to have eternal life. So you care enough to say something, right? That's right. That's correct. It's just, it's just, it's correct. Did Jesus tolerate sin? No, he did not tolerate sin. He didn't tolerate sin. He didn't care if they were religious leaders. If they were honored religious people, he didn't tolerate sin. He he had to say it the way it was because God so loved the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shall I read verse seven? Yes. Seven For, through 11. Oh, seven through 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye have had from the beginning the old commandment is the word which we have heard from the beginning again a new commandment i write unto you which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth he that saith he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now he that loves his brother abides in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him but he that hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and knows not whether he goes because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, changed the way my spouse and I conduct spiritual battle and has increased our alertness level to the tactics of Satan. This is an excellent training manual for building a stronger marriage by exposing the tactics your enemies use against you. From all online digital retailers, God bless you all. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So we're going to break this down here. It gets a little confusing in the English language. Because John says, brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, mm-hmm. but an old commandment. And then in verse eight, he says, again, a new commandment I write unto you. <laughs> yep. Right. You get it? So he, it's in the English language. It's really lacking. You know, and this uh, it's it's hey, I write no new commandment. Um, it's the old commandment. And then then I turn around and say, hey, there's a new commandment I write to you. So which one is it? A new commandment, old commandment? You're not writing. It's kind of confusing, but it. It's not confusing in the original language. Mm-hmm. Brethren, right? He's addressing his brethren, and we're going to get into who's who's the brethren. Who, who is your sister? Who is your brother? Who is your mom? Who's your father? Who are your brethren, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So John is writing to those people who are brethren. He's not writing to apostates. Oh, by the way, I heard a sermon the other day where a guy said there's a difference between being apostate and backsliding <laughs> that apostasy is that you were once a Christian and then you just totally rejected Christ and God's stuff and went the other way. <laughs> but backsliding is just that, you know, you're not, you're out of fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. According to John that we've been studying when you're out of fellowship with God, that means you're in darkness. Mm-hmm. That means you're apostate, you idiot. But he made a distinction. Of course he couldn't back it up scripturally. They never can. 
but it was one of those sloppy agape tolerance. And I bet you his conference that he was given, I bet you those thousands of people just loved what he said. Mm-hmm. It was so freeing. It was so freeing that I know I can be out of fellowship with God and I'm still saved. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I gave a, I gave my testimony to a, uh, a seasoned, um, I forget her name. You might remember her name, Kapow. At uh, at San Jack, remember we went to the uh, dinner for eight, and she was she was oh, uh, yeah she used to be a pastor's wife and uh, Ruth she, Ruth and now she, she was the uh, you know they were part of this church as a senior ministers and stuff. Did, her and her husband had just tons of years of experience in yep. in the church, right? And I was giving her my testimony. And I was, I was light. I was, you know, you know, I didn't know these people and I was giving my testimony. I says, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't walking with God. I was kind of out of fellowship. And she looked at me, she goes out of fellowship because you were backslidden. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just jammed me up, baby. And you know what? She was right. She was right. And she did it because she loved me. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because she had God's love perfected in her instead of going, yeah, sometimes, you know, we, we walk, you know, we're out of season. We're at a season. Yeah. But she loved you, but she loved the truth. Yeah, exactly. she spoke truth in love. Yeah. Yeah. Bless her heart. Um, so anyway, brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment. Which is found in Leviticus 19.18, which says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Exactly. And so John says, this this particular commandment you've had from old, from the beginning. It's the word which you have heard from the beginning. So his audience, his Jewish audience here, knew this Levitical law way from way from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right? And also with that, also with that, Deuteronomy 6 5, the Shema, hear O Israel, right? That's the big, the big one. Mm-hmm. Just in verse five says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, those, those are just two, two huge old commandments. Loving God with all your heart. And as Ms. Capel read in, was it Leviticus 19, yes. 18? Mm-hmm. Loving your neighbor. Right? Mm-hmm. So John says this. You know, I write no new commandment to you, but an old one. This is the old, what he's saying is this isn't something new, folks. It's the same, it's the same one you've heard from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Okay, you get it? And then in verse eight, when he says again, a new commandment, I write unto you. In the English language, it's translated new, but in the Greek, it is kainos, kainos. And what it means, it it has to do with freshness mm-hmm. as respect to age, freshness as 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 a form of recently made or fresh or recent, unused or unworn, um, kind of like um, a new kind, unheard of. So what he's saying, it's not new like a new commandment, but a refreshed commandment. Mm -hmm. And why is it refreshed? It's refreshed because Christ Jesus came as light and he now shines and the darkness in your life is now past. Mm -hmm. 
Now you can understand what Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19 entailed. Because now you're a new creature. Yes. And you're a new creature in Christ. And Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19 pointed to Christ. Everything points to Christ. Mm -hmm. Nothing points to Antichrist, folks. The Bible's not about Antichrist. It's about Christ. Mm -hmm. And even Jesus in John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And so Jesus, I bet you the, 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 the word is kainos also. Probably. In that. Yeah. So it's not a new thing. Jesus, I just come to make new testament. A new testament. A new, uh, you know, Ten Commandments. He didn't do that. It's the old one, but it's refreshed mm-hmm. in him. It Now it has efficacy. Is that how you say it? Efficacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's effective. It works now because of him. That's the plan all along. That was the plan. So again, a new commandment I write unto you, which things, which thing is true in him. Who? Jesus Christ. It's true. This new refreshed commandment is true in him. And it's also true in who? You. Mm -hmm. It's true. And why is it true in him and true in you? Because the darkness is past. That's right. And the true light now shineth. And I have some scriptures for those. Perfect. Uh, Romans thirteen twelve says the night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Ephesians 5, 8 says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord and walk as children of light. And Thessalonians 5, 4 and 5 says, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. And it says right there, there it is. So that explains when John says the darkness is past, he doesn't mean the darkness of the world. Mm-mm. He says it's past. It's the darkness in you. The true light now shineth not to the world. The world's not a better place. Mm-hmm. Shines in you. And it's in you and in him. And that's what refreshes this new commandment that you love God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind and your brother as yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause his light is the life of men in uh, John one nine. It says the true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And then John eight twelve says um, about Jesus saying that he is the light of the world. And so whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that goes right with, the second assurance, walking in Christ. Because mm-hmm. he's the light, and those who walk with him also have light. That's the second evidence of assurance. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So your first evidence is keeping commandment. Your second evidence of assurance is walking in Christ. Your third one is loving the brethren. And it is not a new commandment, but a refreshed commandment. Right? So in verse 9, John says... Anybody, any of us who says that that um, he's he is in the light, right? Mm-hmm. That oh, you yeah, walk with Christ, you know, I'm in the light, I'm a good Christian, blah, blah, blah. But you hate his brother is in darkness even until now. So it's impossible, it's impossible to hate, to be hateful, to pursue with hatred, to detest 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, even John goes into uh, chapter four when he says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has um, has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So it's impossible. It's impossible. But here's where the new AG people would come in and go, we have to then love everybody and tolerate everybody, including the sodomites, mm-hmm. including the lesbians, including um, promiscuous millennials. Or Right? That's the tolerance. That's not what this is. He that is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even unto now. Verse 10, he that loves his brother, right? The opposite is true. If you love your brother, that person abides in the light. Mm-hmm. And because they abide in the light, there is no occasion of stumbling in him. What does that mean, stumbling? There's no occasion for him to cause offenses, to be an impediment placed in the way of someone else. To cause them. Because you love them. And that's what Paul was saying about um, meat offered to idols. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, it might be okay for you. You might have the liberty to do it. It's no big deal to you. But if it causes somebody else to stumble, don't do it. And you do it out of love. See, it's hard for us to defer to other people. You know, especially here in America. It's all about us. Mm-hmm. It's all about make us great again and narcissists and selfies and all this stuff throughout the world. People taking pictures of themselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so everybody else can see them because everybody wants to see pictures of everybody else, I guess. But see, it's, so it's hard to defer to someone else to, to go, well, you know what? That's going to make them stumble. So I'm not going to do that in front of them. Yeah. Right. Even though I allow it. So that's love. See, that's what Paul says. There's no occasion of stumbling them. In a true church, in a true ecclesia, in a true called out one, you're not biting each other. You're not You're not attacking each other. There's no animosity and jealousy and hatred towards one another. Mm-hmm. But you'll, you'll find that in the building yeah. culture. You'll find that in organizations all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. But like what you were talking about, if anyone walks in the light, he stumbles because yeah. the light's not in him. It is also found in Proverbs uh, 4.19, where it says, The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. Mm-hmm. They do not know over what they stumble. So you're wicked. It's mm-hmm. black and white. Yeah. Let's look at who, once again, who's your brethren then? Because we just learned that it's, it's a command. You have, you have to love your brethren. Mm-hmm. Or you're not walking in the light. You're not meeting one of the evidence of assurance, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I doubt if you're keeping the command also, and you're not walking as Christ did. They all flow together. And if so, if you're hating your brethren, you know, chewing on them, how, how are you going to be walking in the light and keeping the command? So, um, so, so who's your brethren? Let's let's define this so that you know it's not just tolerance, right? So here's a little story. Here's a little story here. Let's go to uh, Mark chapter 3, verse uh, 31. And there came then his brethren. He's talking about Jesus, right? There came his brethren. The Greek word there is a dolphos. It means a brother, literally, figurative, a brother, brethren. It's, uh, you know, father, mother, countrymen. You get it? Mm -hmm. It's relatives, brethren, people. And there then came his brethren and his mother. This is Mother Mary, folks. Mother Mary. 
And standing without outside, they, they sent a little message unto Jesus and they called for him. They wanted to talk to him. And the multitude sat about Jesus. They sat all around him and they said unto him, Behold, look, thy mother and thy brethren are without. They're outside and they seek for you. They're looking for you. And you know what Jesus said? Did Jesus just run up and said, Oh, my mama. Oh, my brothers. I love you guys. Did he? Nope. And he answered them, the people sitting around, and he said, Who is my mother or my brethren? He asked a question. Who is my mother? Who's my brethren? And then, I guess apparently they couldn't answer him. And he looked round about on them that set about, and he said, Look, behold, mm-hmm. my mother and my brethren. Behold, look at my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. That's right. Slam dunk, folks. Slam dunk. Jesus took, he took the whole issue out of the realm of the world. Mm Mm-hmm. He took the whole issue out of the realm of the flesh. Here's my fleshly mom, my fleshly sister, my fleshly brother, my cousins. He took the whole realm out of that and put it back where it belonged in the spiritual realm. Who's my mother? Who's my brethren? You are. Look around. Look. Behold, you are if you're doing the will of God. If you have evidence of assurance, you can drive on the road with me. Right? That's right. One other one. And this goes with those that command that John says, I give you a refresh command because he's light and you walk in the light. And so Jesus is uh, talking to the Sadducees and Pharisees are there and they want to silence him and they gather together. And then one of them, who's a lawyer, right? A scribe, a lawyer. He asked Jesus a question, a question to tempt him, you know, get him. And he said, Master which is the great commandment in the law. You know, there's all kinds of laws. Which is the great commandment? Mm. And Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Mm -hmm. Right? So he quotes Deuteronomy. Shema, O Israel, hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. This is what he quotes, the Shema. Right? The Shema. And he says, you shall love God with all your heart. He goes, this is the first and the great commandment. This is the first thing you need to do. This is the first, this is the great commandment. And then he says in verse 39, I'm in Matthew 22, by the way, Matthew 22, verse 39, he says, and the second, the second commandment, it's like unto it. It's it's like it. And it says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, quoting, once again, uh, Leviticus, right? Mm-hmm. A neighbor, any fellow, any man, any countryman, right? And he sheds new light on that. Is it, it, it did Jesus say, oh, my neighbor's a Satanist. I love him just as myself. Mm-hmm. He's a homosexual, I love myself. It's you have to show love to him. That's how you're going to know that you're his followers is by your love to one another because the world doesn't do that. 
Make a sense? Makes sense. Make a sense to you? Uh, and do you have anything to add to verse 10? Let's compile. 9 and 10? Um, no, I no, I don't. And he is the light and the darkness doesn't, you know? Okay. No, I gave the scriptures. All right. Okay. So when you, uh, you love your brother and you abide in the light, there's no occasion of stumbling mm-hmm. in him. You're not going to offend that person. You're going to save them out of um, things that are causing, you know, sin that could cause them into death, things like that. You, you, you're teaching them. You're training them. It's kind of what the Kapow radio show does, right? Mm-hmm. We, we teach this stuff because God gives it to us. He gives us a big bag of grain, and we go, oh, it's good grain. Then we, uh, and he told us to do this. We don't do this because we're just cool. And then we take that grain, and we divvy it up, and we put it in the bird feeders, and we feed his flock for him. You know? Just like what Jesus told Peter. You love me? Yeah, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Take care of them. There's ravenous wolves out there. There's people giving you phony, sugary diet. It's, and, it's, and it will sit in your gut and it'll kill you eventually. This is grain. This is grain. This is nutrient-rich grain. Mm-hmm. Right? Because right. we really, Ms. Kapownight, we really don't want to see anybody go to hell. Mm-hmm. We really don't want to see eternal life. I don't care how bad they are here on the earth. I don't want to see them go to hell. I don't wish that on anybody. No. I wish they would all repent. And so this is just, you're throwing grain out there and, you know, some birds come and feed. Most don't. Most go across the street where the sugar is. And they do that. But that's, um, that's not my party. I'm just a monkey in the circus. I don't control that part. You know, that's God's part. All right. Mm -hmm. So verse 11, the very last one says, but he that hateth his brother is in darkness. And walks in darkness. And that's the scriptures you read, Ms. Capel, mm-hmm. about that. And that person doesn't know where he goes. Because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. And you read, was it Proverbs? Mm-hmm. That said exactly the same thing. Yeah, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. And they do not know over what they stumble. Yeah. So this obviously, John, you know. Got this from Proverbs, ancient Hebrew scriptures. It's all the same. It's the same writer. It's the Holy Spirit. All right? So uh, you got anything there? Spell? No. That's it? Okay, so to, so to cap, cap it off, we have, um, we have sin forgiveness, like accident forgiveness. As long as we have proof of assurance, it's like proof of insurance. Mm-hmm. All right? So as long as you're covered by assurance... You know, when you miss the mark, you have an advocate with the Father that goes before, right? But that's not cheap grace by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. And um, so you have three evidence of proof of assurance. You have first, you keep the commandments. Second, you walk with Christ as he walked. Third, you love the brethren. And we said, who are your brethren? Your brethren are those who do the will of God. Mm-hmm. The remnant, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Those listening to Kapow Radio Show, all yeah. two and a half of you. Well, you know the the big thing here, and I and I think it gets glossed over, but the big thing is is that before we came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we this nature that we had was enmity with God. We may say, "Oh, we love God because we're doing a religious right." 
or, you know, we love our neighbors. We just love people. Mm-hmm. But the miracle of the new commandment, the miracle of, of, of our salvation is when Jesus Christ died and rose again on the third day and is seated at the right hand of the Father, his power, and we become born again, the power that's within us that created the new creation is what empowers us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because before that, even though you may love God because you go to church, it's not the real love of God that God wants you to have. It's not that 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4 kind of love. It's impossible for you to do that in your old nature. That's why we have to be born again. Our spirit has to be renewed. It has to be quickened. And that gives us the ability to do what God wants. That's why uh, the Apostle Paul says, do we sin? God forbid, because we've been given a new creation. We've been given a new life in order to live for God. Because before that, it's impossible. We have enmity with God. That means there's that, there's that separation. We don't have the life of God in us in order to live for him. But when we are born again, we're given that new nature that enable us that enables us to live for God and obey and uh, do His um, do His commands. Amen. But I think that gets glossed over, and a lot of us uh, tend to forget that or don't know that. But it's that new nature, and that's why you feed that spirit, you feed your new nature, so that that nature becomes strong, and you can mortify the old nature, the flesh. It's kind of like what uh, John the Baptist said. I must decrease mm-hmm. so that he may increase. increase exactly yeah and it's very much an individual thing uh where you you do have to you have to decrease you have to lose that selfiness <laughs> and let him increase in your life and really get to that level where then you can see it yeah this is good stuff it's that submission yeah exactly exactly giving it over to to God 100 mm-hmm. percent and giving all that sin and junk and gunk out you know giving it over it's very good all right with that Ms. Kapow, I think that's the end for this week amen okay ciao baby <laughs> <laughs>